35.2%. It's down now to 35.2%. He says that is an indication that they've turned the corner. He also mentions what he believes to be the stabilization of the city over a period as an indicator that they've turned the corner. But have we really turned the corner? We'll get the verdict of businesses who are joining us tonight for a conversation. We're going to get the reality check. And so let's get those businesses in and they will give us a sense of what they had here and whether that is going to help them to put them in a position where they can employ more people, expand, or it's going to have an opposite effect where they shrink and lay people off. We'll get a verdict pretty shortly. But there are a few interesting tax reliefs that the finance minister put out today. One of them is to zero rate the VAT on locally manufactured African prints. This was already there, but it's now going to be extended for two more years. Also, we saw him announce today the uh, zero rate on VAT on locally produced sanitary parts. And this, by the way, is a very, very important policy considering the uh, campaign that has gone on before this. And I spoke to the minority leader today, and he says he applauds this particular initiative because if you read the UNICEF, the UNESCO report, it tells you that one in 10 girls, they miss their classes because they are unable to go to the classrooms and go to school during the immenses. And that definitely is not something that we should, as a country, uh, be having just because girls are unable to afford sanitary parts. That, that amounts to some 20 to 10 to 20 percent of classroom work missed just because of, of, of menstruation. And that is a big deal indeed. And that's the reason why the finance minister has announced this today. And he also announced an additional measure that import duties will now be waived for raw materials. Uh, locally manufactured raw uh, sanitary parts. In other words, this is also a policy to encourage local production of sanitary parts. And they're doing this two ways. You zero rate the VOT on that. They're going to become cheaper compared to the imported ones. And then you also remove the import, import duty waivers for raw materials. But I've heard a campaigner say they wanted the removal of the VAT and taxes completely on all uh, sanitary parts, including imported ones as well. But this is what government has decided to do at this stage. And then a few more tax reliefs. Extend zero rate of VAT on locally assembled vehicles. This is also going to be extended for two years. Uh, we also have waiving import of electric vehicles. Again, this is to encourage the use of electric vehicles because of environmental concerns and our international climate obligations. There are further measures here. And this the Ghana Medical Association will be interested in. Remember that this week they held their Congress and they put forward a few demands, conditions of service. The government says they are engaging the GMA on waivers for their vehicle importation to ease the transportation challenges that doctors face. So that's targeting uh, GMA and the doctors. You know what they say when the GMA, that union, when they cough, all of us will catch the cold. And so once they've coughed, government is making sure that cold, if they catch it at all, it's not as severe to cripple the health sector. But there are going to be also grant exemptions on importation of agricultural machinery. One of the lines in there that I want to isolate for you tonight is medical consumables that will also see grant exemptions. Why is this important? We've been talking about the dialysis crisis. The reason why Kolibu had to shut down access to OPD is because for the, the dialysis treatment, it's because it could not raise the means to bring in the consumables needed to run the facility and to operate the dialysis machines. One of the reasons is it's costing a lot to bring them in. The taxes were, were making it pretty prohibitive. Government says they're going to remove the uh, import duties, grant exemptions on import duties 
uh, for medical consumers. The thing, though, to watch is we don't know yet what this really entails, which aspects, the specifics of which medical consumables exactly will benefit from this. When they go to Parliament for a debate and the documents come in full, we'll get to know about it. So that's important. And then we have a wave on import duties on semi-knockdown and completely knockdown uh, electric vehicles. And again, this is just focusing on the electric vehicle policy, right? And so if you want to bring it in, if it's damaged slightly, you can bring it in. And you also have uh, import duties on that waived completely for you. So those are some of the tax waivers. But the reverse of this is that there, there is going to be some additional taxes and also the increasing of the tax rate for some others. One of them is the environmental excise duty uh, over plastic packaging and industrial and vehicle emissions. We'll, we'll see that uh, reviewed, expanded, it will be increased because this is to punish uh, vehicles that pollute the environment. And then we also have another one on the stamp duty. It's also going to go up, uh, reviewed upwards. So we're going to see this go up. And the minority is already saying that they're not going to support anything that imposes additional taxes on the Ghanaian. And that's where the fight is going to be. So whilst you enjoy the tax reliefs, also bear in mind that government is also going to increase some uh, other uh, you know, tax handles or review them upwards. Now, uh, some other key points that we want to isolate for you tonight as you begin to digest this 2024 budget is what we know as far as the fiscal performance is concerned. Now, a few of the targets government uh, have done well in. One of them is the total revenue and grants, right? And that is a negative, as you see there. So there are two more that I'll show you where government did well. But this one didn't quite go according to plan because the target was $82 billion, right? total revenue and grants. So they're not doing well there in terms of the revenues and the grants coming in. Grants are beginning to dry up, right? So we have 79 actual against the uh, target of $82 billion. And so that clearly is a negative that we've highlighted that for you. And then you come to the big subject of expenditure. They had planned to, to spend $121.8 billion uh, CDs this year. So far, they are doing $104 billion. So they are positively uh, doing a good job on this particular one in terms of the uh, expenditure. But mind you, pay attention to this number here. That's how much you are bringing in but you are spending 104.6. So clearly we're still in the deficit. We're spending more than we are making. As you know, when you run a house, you have to spend with your means. Ideally, we should be spending under this, under 79 billion, but we're spending more. But of course, if you look at the target, yes, it's positive. Now, if you look at also overall fiscal balance, that's where you see the balance here. The target deficit was 39.6. We're currently doing 25, right? So that's, that's still positive. I'll give you another number pretty shortly. That puts it in, in a bigger perspective pretty shortly. But let's look at the GDP numbers, which is the uh, macroeconomic targets. Very interesting targets indeed. A target of 2.8 uh, for next year. Uh, that's a real overall uh, real GDP. And you talk about the 2.1 for non-oil real GDP. But the, the key thing I want to notice, uh, I want you to notice, is inflation. Why? Because it's one of those things that affects me and you. You see it every day when you buy something on the market. The target is 15%. Uh, Currently, we are at 35.2%. So they still have a significant way to go to bring this down to 15%. Uh, what it means is that the, the rate at which prices change on the market, by the time you go home and return, the price has gone up. It's going to slow down a bit is the target. And you have the gross international reserves there. Now, this is the table I wanted to show you very quickly. 
we're talking about the fiscal projections, right? And the fiscal projections give us a sense of what government is doing with revenue, but also what they are projecting to spend, right? If you look at revenue, comparing 2024, that, to 2023, revenue, government is projecting 176.4 billion, right? That is higher than what we they projected for this year. But let's look at expenditure. Again, we, ex- we are projecting to spend far more, 226.7 billion, compared to this year. Right? And this is excluding arrears. And that is why when you come to the fiscal balance, the difference between the revenue and what you're spending as a country, we're talking about $50.3 billion. So that's still quite a bit of a gap there that we need to bridge, uh, especially with where we are with the economy. We, again, we're spending beyond our means. Now, the very important subject of what we, are we doing with our external debt. We are negotiating. Remember that we still don't have the $600 million uh, that we are entitled to. Right? We don't have it because we need to get a deal. And the finance minister says he's confident that external sector performance will largely depend on the conclusion of negotiations. And this is important. And he says today that he's confident this could be done as early as next week because the executive board, the IMF executive board, I believe is supposed to meet on the 22nd, which is next week. And so we need to get a deal done with our external creditors. Other than that, the executive board will meet, will miss out uh, after that meeting and not get a $600 million. So there's a lot riding on this deal between now and next week. Very important indeed. Now, let's look at the external rate. At the, I'm talking about the, uh, the key issues that have come up in terms of where we want to remain uh, when it comes to the progress that we are, we are looking at. The IMF support program is very important, right? The fate of the CD is, is hung, hanging in the balance. And if you look at the exchange rate, it's expected to remain stable supported uh, by continual progress with the IMF program. So a lot of writing on that. You have expected inflows from the COCO syndication loan, a lot writing on that. And we know that there are challenges here, but COCO board has assured that they will get this deal done, bringing some billions to stabilize the, the city. The second tranche of the IMF program, which they've been talking about, a lot writing on that too. Primarily securing a deal with the external creditors is important. They, Finance Minister today said they are looking to give a haircut to external creditors of between 20 and 40%. That is significant, right? And so that tells you that it's going to be pretty hard negotiations. Mining inflows will also, if it comes in, would help stabilize the city quite significantly. Continuation of the goal for oil program, the Finance Minister mentioned this and gave it a bit of props in terms of its ability to stabilize the city over time. Now, according to the Finance Minister, a few things that he said also, in terms of the DDEP that I need to bring up. And this is a conversation we've had many times on the show. He says it's successfully done, right? And they're making progress on external debt front. Well, we'll see how significant that progress is. And look at the, the, the breakdown here that we've, we've been bringing you over the time. Uh, the DDP first leg, that's it. Amount exchanged with $87 billion. Pension funds also joined. We have the local bonds. You have the cocoa bills. You have the Bank of Ghana non-marketable bonds, all of them coming in to try and reduce our debt stock, right? Whilst we try and, and meet the IMF uh, key targets. That's why this has happened. That's why we got the deal. We have to continue now and get a deal with our external creditors. So the total amount is, is what you see down here. But the big question really is, what does this mean for businesses and for you? I guess we'll join me pretty shortly to assess.
Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you? Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes to one. Who is the good? Ghana Jollof or Nigerian Jollof? Ghana Jollof has no co-equal. The smell alone. Oh my God. Oh, that shit. You two, they lie. Eh? Now they say stew when they use cook ladies and then they go put them for top. Yes. You are lying. Ghana Jollof. Choice of goats may differ in football, music, and jollof. Alumu Betis always brings us together. Alumu, experience greatness in every moment. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 and recommended to pregnant women. This advert is FDA approved. Introducing the Kensington Heights at Airport City Kumasi, the largest modern smart city in West Africa. The Kensington Heights is your bridge to the skies, where you can access direct flights to international destinations, including the USA, UK and Europe. Imagine a world where convenience, comfort and investment opportunities converge seamlessly. The Kensington Heights offers an incredible opportunity for families, investors and businesses worldwide. Enjoy spacious and beautifully designed luxury suites, executive suites, one-bedroom apartments, and two- and three-bedroom penthouses, complete with world-class amenities and easy access to the new Kumasa International Airport. All units are on sale now, starting at $69,950. Be a part of the future of Kumasa and reserve your property today. For more information, visit our website, www.thekensingtingheights.com or www.airportcitykumasa.com. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. 
Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty, seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Refreshing apple cider. Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18. Not recommended to pregnant women. This advert is FDA. Ghana, as majority Christian, must live up to it. And I call on you, each and everyone, to be part and parcel of this campaign going around to show that yes, indeed, God has a plan for all of us as Christians. In Washington, our leaders are fighting the obesity epidemic by making sure that their health plans cover obesity treatments. If they would only do the same for the rest of us, we wouldn't have to make this ad. Tell our leaders, update Medicare policy to include obesity medications now. Paid for by the Health Equity Coalition for Chronic Disease. Does managing your health care feel like a full-time job? Bounced from one doctor to the next? All the forms, the bills, the not-a-bills, the... Press 4 to repeat these options. Does health care have to be this way? At Kaiser Permanente, all of us work together to make health care easier. And with integrated care and coverage, all you have to do is focus on your health. Learn more at kp.org, Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Thinking of investing in real estate? Then look no further. BOA is a well-recognized institution that would give you litigation-free properties. We have well-furnished and unfurnished four to eight bedroom houses, luxurious homes, comfortable mansions, and litigation-free lands across the country. From Tema, East Ligon, Medina, West Hillsmore, Accra, and other locations, we are definitely your best to go to. For more information, kindly contact BOA Unique Homes on 05. 506-859-513 or 0506-859-527 or follow us on our social media handles on Instagram at BOA underscore homes or YouTube BOA Homes. BOA Unique Homes. We build, we
And thank you very much for joining us on PM Express. It's always brought to you by Syntex Tanks. It is strong, it is tough. Aluma BTS experience greatness in every moment. Ghana AIDS Commission, Syntex Tank is the tank for you. Because, as you know, they're the first to introduce a double-layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tanks is first to introduce the white inner layer tanks in Ghana. And we now introduce you to the customer specs order, which lets you order any color and size of preference. Syntex Tanks gives you the longest warranty, of seven years, which no other tank gives you in Ghana. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex tanks. We have agents nationwide. Call them on 0244-335-168 or shop online at SyntexGH.com. Syntex tanks are strong, are tough. My guest joining me tonight, tonight we're just simply going to hear from businesses, industry, uh, and the business community generally, their reaction to the budget. And that's why I've been joined by Dr. Joseph Obing. He's a president of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, GUTA. Uh, as you know, they, they are a very strong business union. Prof, thanks for your time uh, here on, on, on PM Express. Uh, Professor Goffer Bokwing is an economist and professor of finance. I am happy to also get him to join us for this conversation. Mark Bidouabadji is the CEO of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce. And he is with me in the studio. And Seth Chum Akwabwa is the CEO of the Association of Ghana Industries, AGI. He is joining us via phone for a quick chat. And before we even get into that, I mean, let's go to Parliament for a second. And I want to hear from the minority leader, Dr. Kesalato Forsing, who spoke to me today, just for a quick reaction to what we heard from the Finance Minister. This is before Finance Committee as we speak. Have you managed to reach any of these companies? Um, so we met some of them at the committee, and we in the NDC opposed it. They didn't and, justify and, this and to your satisfaction? Me, we've done background work, and I can assure you that 50% of these companies, they have already finished the work that they are claiming tax exemption from. In fact, 50% is an understatement. Touch wood. We in the NDC will not support this tax policy. What they have done today by introducing tax exemption, uh, new taxes worth 11 billion Ghana cities is insensitive. In fact, it's most cruel, and it shows that this government is out of touch with the realities of the people. I mean, it is already here. They, they are in parliament as we speak. In fact, they are before the finance committee, and they are begging us to approve it. And we are saying, no, so we will not reject, approve it. You're going to reject all that? We have already rejected it. Would it come for a vote? And when it comes to the floor, we are voting against it. At the committee level, have you, have you already decided? In fact, they, they have not put a question for the vote yet because they saw our mood, and so they are scared to put it to vote. And if they had put it, any of them to proper vote, they would have lost it, and they would have to redraw it. So they are yet to put it to vote, but all of them has been discussed. So that's a condition there. Uh, they've laid uh, forth to, for supporting the budget, and the point that he makes there regards some exemptions given to some companies. And you know the exemptions regime is one that is a very controversial one. And the allegation is that there are a few exemptions, a lot of them indeed, that the minority say they object to, and that unless government withdraws a number of them, at least 50% of them, they're not going to back uh, the new measures that have been proposed in this budget. Okay, so that's a minority's view. I want to bring the business view in, and that's what we are focusing on tonight. Uh, I want to start, obviously, with you, uh, Mark, the Chamber of Commerce yeah. and Industry. Did you hear anything in the budget today that excites you? Well, a few of them. Um, actually, we're looking for a budget that will inspire us 
But I think that um, we are actually not inspired, actually, because even though there were some positives in terms of the tax, some of the tax reliefs, for instance, where you get to the um, extension of the VAT, uh, zero VAT for the manufacturing of the African print, for me, is very important because you have huge potential in that aspect to be able to export and take advantage of the agua. And of course, the, that of the sanitary pad, I think we also have the potential to produce. And for the fact that it's going to serve majority of our population, so now people will be able to afford sanitary pad. And for me, that is key. The social impact for me is so, is so huge. Uh, largely, what we were expecting, I think that these tax relief are narrow-based and not going to have any significant impact on the cost of doing business in 2024 because it's just only few and selected companies that will largely uh, benefit from, from that. Because if you look at the proportion of those who are manufacturing these key items like sanitary pad and also the African print, they are just, just small. Mm-hmm. What we were expecting is a tax relief that will have broad-based and significant impact on the larger part of the manufacturing company. All the things that we asked for, for me, we didn't see any of them being taken care of. I see. Yes. List them for me. Yes. The, the, the COVID uh, levy, we have said that you wanted it's, it's counterproductive. We wanted it to be abolished totally. Nothing was mentioned about it. We started this campaign last year during the media review and then now nothing was, was done about it. The e-levy, for instance, we have said that if they want to rake in more revenue, they have to reduce the rate to 0.5. And I think people will even pay without knowing. They need revenue. They, we are giving them ways that we think that they should be able to uh, get those revenue. We also made a significant um, input. For me, the, our VAT structure is not helping. So we ask that they merge, they convert the straight line uh, uh, levies, the NHIL and that of the GET Fund, mm. that 5%, 2.5%, that translates into direct cost to businesses. They should convert it back to the standard VATs and then merge all these VATs and then we also reduce it. Nothing was, was also uh, done about it. So the relief for me is, is, is not going to have any. So your expectations uh, were not met? Not, not at okay. all. Okay, let, let, me, let me see if the. Your colleague in the AGI uh, agrees with his view. Uh, Sethu Makoba, thanks for joining us. He's joining us on phone. Uh, what about your own expectations at the AGI? Were they met? Well, thank you very much. Um, I think that I would say that there were some advocacy issues you put strongly. Both were uh, taken on board. Uh, for example, the waiver of the duties on the sanitary part, the zero VAT for the sanitary part, which was one of our key advocacy issues. The extension of the zero VAT of the test was also uh, our advocacy issue. And we are something that we're working on. It's already uh, a tax policy that is already working, and we only need that. Uh, they gave us a sense of two years. We would have wished that was longer because it helped with planning. Uh, we planned before and then extension. Uh, you expect about five years extension so that the companies can actually plan. Because if you are invested and you are sure that for the next part, you can pay the VAT because it makes you more competitive. Then you can plan with it and invest. But three years, I need to work with. So that is one. 
Um, the other chapters, we were expecting some further reading, but we also appreciate that the challenge is going through that as an action. Um, government also needs to generate revenue. Mm -hmm. so when it comes to the taxes, we have a bit of sympathy for government, but because businesses are so affected and, and there's a bit of contraction in that traffic, the relief we were seeking was a bit more biased in favor of manufacturing and industry so that if there's any uh, growth, then we can expect a lot more in the industry in the traffic. As you could tell, in the last year, virtually, uh, I mean this year, manufacturing is constructed. And that's no good enough for a country that is bringing out more than 300,000 people every year from Manchester who need jobs so bad. So those are the aspects that we, uh, we're expecting. The other area that uh, we thought we could have a very clear indication of how it's going to go is the, the linkage between manufacturing and supporting the value chain. Um, well, I've not had the purpose of reading the two budgets. Mm -hmm. Only the, the summit you read. So maybe when we later study the food budget and it's in there, then that would be possible. But I, I was expecting to see a lot more uh, commentary on that. We had government to do that. There were comments about the export sector and how we are expecting to increase the export revenue and all that. But the house are very important. So maybe when we study the food budget, we'll get to know exactly what we can to improve the export sector. Okay, but give me, a, give me a summary then. What you've heard so far, are you happy with what you what you what you're reading in the budget? Are you happy with the 2024 budget for industry? Well, the, the, the question of being happy or not being happy, I think that comment we can make later. You need to study the whole budget because when you pick this and uh, and you make a very definite conclusion pronouncement, you may get it from because there could be aspects that could be interesting. What I can say is that all the key advocacy push is not perfect. Those are the ones. As far as those are concerned, it is fine. Um, what I also see is that in terms of growth, we are not expecting from the budget. It clearly indicates that growth is not going to be that high. And, and growth is contributed by three key sectors manufacturing, or industry, service, and culture. So, and some time ago, we were doing about 78% per annum. And if there's a projection that in the next four years or so, between 2023 and 2027, growth is about 2.8 on the average, then that's a very high thing for a developing country like that. So it means that really very difficult situation. So we are only trying to consolidate the stability, but new growth is not going to be really active during this period. And that is a bit worrying. I think that it must be something to stimulate the economy. So we are still new growth. So those are the aspects you need to look at. But today I'm happy or not happy. I think uh, later when we the full budget, look at all the things and all the links we could to make that one out. Okay. Let's see if Dr. Joseph Obing uh, has a, a view there that is either different from yours or agrees with your position as well. Uh, Guta, I know you were part of the team of business, I guess, entities that were consulted. You've seen the budget now. Are your recommendations that you made, are they included? Are you happy with what you see? We never met. Oh, unfortunately. Guta was not consulted at all. Yeah, oh, we were consulted and we gave our input. Yes. 
And we, we thought that it was going to be considered because we made a very meaningful input, but um, our demands are not met, especially in the trading um, community. But um, admittedly, um, some segments of the business community have gotten some reliefs, and these reliefs are also very positive. When you look at the um, a relief for agric machinery, um, um, relief on uh, raw materials for pharmaceuticals, and um, relief for African print, um, those of electric cars and all that. These are all uh, positive, but uh, they are in the minority. If you look at the general cost of doing business in this country and what we were seeking, then, of course, um, um, I would say that the status quo remains. The cost of clearance of, at the ports and all that, everything still remains. The high rate of um, 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 uh, taxes that we are made to pay, the number of taxes that have been imposed on us, all of these are not addressed. Though uh, just a fraction or segment um, that have been um, re, uh, gotten the relief. But um, on the broader scale, uh, I must say um, the status quo remains the same. And most companies are going to fall. <laughs> yeah, they are going to fall because um, at this stage, we don't know what to do because we, 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 we demanded that the COVID levy should be removed. It's a nuisance that there's nothing um, a nuisance than the COVID levy. It came to solve a, a, a specific purpose and it's out of the table. It should be taken out of the table. It's but, as simple as that. But, but Doc, remember, yeah. you remember that government accumulated some COVID-related debt. That debt needs to be cleared. Yeah, but we also know that some funds also came. And we um, uh, and then we also know that the COVID and the pandemic came to destroy businesses. Have you also taken that into consideration? And that... Um, 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 the, the pandemic that has come to destroy businesses, we impose um, um, levies on it. There's no precedent anywhere in the world. Do you have any precedent? And those countries, do they not have uh, incurred costs in combating the uh, uh, pandemic? No. We have to be, um, uh, 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 we, we, we have to weigh and, and dissect the issues properly and then know that uh, whether uh, we are being treated. Uh, fairly. Um, the uh, special import levy is still on the table. After it had been introduced, also on the same uh, reason that we have a, a special uh, problem and that um, the business community should allow and that after the sunset. That was introduced by the previous government. If we do this, it means that the business community is not going to have confidence and trust in leadership. Because you can't say that something is for te- temporary and then become tax in perpetuity, where uh, businesses are collapsing, where businesses have so been overtaxed. It is not fair. Now we don't have any reliefs, and the natural thing is to pass on the cost to the consuming public. But how are we even going to do that, where the consumers are also uh, being eaten away with their purchasing power by the effects of the inflation? How are they going to even absorb this cost? And so all that we will be doing is that we can't even pass the cost and then we'll, we, we, we'll, uh, we'll lose our capitals. Mm. This is what is going to happen. Look at the uh, VAT asset as a strategy. There's no fairness in this VAT. Uh, uh, the structure, a one-time system that has three forms, the standard rate, the uh, uh, flat rate, 
and then the, by virtue of the threshold, those who have not made to register for this uh, VAT. And we are all confined in one trading space. And that's why there's always confusion in the market with, uh, with the GRA and then the, uh, the traders. And this is going to uh, 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 go, go on again, where we have the golden opportunity to restructure the VAT to uh, be uniform and also made uh, um, affordable so that compliance will be uh, enhanced. So, so, Guta, so Guta, Guta is also not happy. Uh, let me come to you, Mark, and I'll then hear from Prof. Um, but if you look at the industry, though, the, the government gave exemptions for agricultural machinery equipment, input, medical, consumables, raw materials for pharmaceutical industry. That definitely is a big one, isn't no, it? Yeah. In a more broader tax relief. But because of where we are, don't you understand that we have to necessarily do that so we can survive? One thing that I think we are missing is the fact that to come out of this difficulty, we need to support the private sector. We cannot tax the private sector out of business and expect that we'll come out of this difficulty. Just get the balance to get your revenue and also ensure that businesses are, are doing well. If you are taxing them out, who at the end is going to pay you uh, all, all these taxes if they are all, they've all collapsed or they are relocating or they are not doing well? So we appreciate that aspect of it. But we, you see, there are some taxes that will have a general effect on businesses and also on consumers. That's exactly what we, we, we're expecting. We understand that government needs revenue, but the balance for us is also not too clear. If you look at the budget, I have said that another way of raising revenue is also look at the non-tax revenue. I looked at it, and the figures and expectations that we are, we are looking for from that aspect is also very low because we feel that it's so easy to tax the few people we can identify them, so let's pay the taxes on them. This tax on pharmaceutical, for me, is very okay because most of the, uh, the produce, the pharmaceutical produce, are being exported to the neighboring countries, and we are making a lot of revenue mm. from there. So it will bring a stronger linkage actually between those who are producing and also the other uh, part of Africa. So for me, it's very good. But I don't think that this one will take us out of the difficulty that we are having. It may have impact, but that impact will be very minimal. I mean, Professor Bokwe, is business industry being unrealistic? Well, I don't, good evening, Evans. Um, I don't think that they have been unrealistic. Um, there are real issues that the budget ought to confront. Right, and unfortunately, um, the budget is not responding right um, to those dynamics. And I think that it's already showing in the numbers. So, if you look at the GDP growth for the first two quarters of this year, it's coming from agriculture, right? And if you look, if you open it up, crops and livestock, and then also service. When it comes to industry, it's just mining and quarrying. Industry practically is recording negative growth. In fact, manufacturing has been contracting over the years. Actually, then if you look at it also, your value addition capacity potential is within the industry. Okay, so once you see that that sector is not doing well, it tells you also that you are actually, your growth is not job rich. That is the issue. But Again, if you look at the way we have designed the tax structure, some of the new sand tax actually is not bringing that much, actually. It's not bringing that much. 
um, we were hopeful when we were suggesting that uh, E-Levy should go and then also COVID-19 should go, we're hopeful because if you look at what the domestic debt exchange has done, um, that has conferred on government approximately 61 billion cities by way of fiscal space, right? So government has fiscal space in the next couple of years, cumulatively 61 billion. Now look at the way government is using the fiscal space, right? So if you, if you see part of the tax relief we are seeing here because they think they have some space so they can forego certain revenue from there. But then if you look at the overall balance, right, you see that unlike the overall IMF-supported program where revenue is supposed to contribute 3% of GDP and then the expenditure cut to contribute 2%, you see that in the 2024 budget, expenditure cuts is contributing about uh, about four percent and the revenue is contributing lower than that because the fiscal space that is conferred on the government you see how they are using it right so if you look at the 2023 resource allocation you will see that the, the interest payments budgetary allocation to interest payments was 53 approximately 53 billion cities you can see that that is much lower now in the 2024 budget. Of course, the other details will help us to explain that. But even before we go on, you know, I, I have been looking for the full budget statement and, and I, I can't find it. Okay. Um, you're not, the details, you're, the, what, what was read is not good enough for you? No, it, it, because it's the, it's the highlights. Okay, so you need the full budget statement and economic policy to understand the whole thing. But of course, we're able to make some comments now because, uh, I mean, the budget is lying flat. It's not inspirational. Because largely, if you've read the IMF supported program, you can you, you know for the next three years, up to 2026, what the outlook will look like. If you look at the growth for 2024, it's a copy from the IMF program if you, and all of that. So there's a lot that we know already. Yeah, but, but, but I need to I, ask I, a question on the back of what you said. Within that program, isn't this the best government can do for businesses, for industry, for workers? No, no. And, and, also, and also bear in mind, yes, yesterday they agreed a 23% increase in the base pay and a 22% yeah, so increase in minimum wage. Now, yeah, bear in mind that under the IMF supported program, government was, right, was rather supposed to limit wage increases and make a savings of almost um, 0.5 or so percent. But within that space, because of an election year, government found room to grant that increment. I hope you understand that. So, of course, something will suffer somewhere along the line. So it's about what we value most. Where do we want growth to come from? What kind of growth do we want? So the idea is that is, is just that government, to a large extent, is, is insensitive to the private sector. Unfortunately, over the years, in fact, since 1992, you know, we, we, we just incur costs, and the governance costs including wage bill and the rest of them, as they keep rising events, all that we are doing is just to pass it on to households and private sector. So systematically, we have been weakening the competitiveness of Ghana's private sector. We are eroding saving space from households and private sector. And therefore, a time will come in the medium to the long term we, in, in trying to recover 
would have undermined the competitiveness of our private sector. And actually, that is where the worry should be. Then let me tell you something, Evans. If you look at the level of taxes that we have accommodated over the years, it is very difficult for the average Ghanaian in the middle class. We are not talking about the mere mortals. It is very difficult for the average Ghanaian in the middle class to save, okay, because almost 44% of household expenditure is on food. Look at how high food inflation is. The minister is telling us that we have turned the corner. Maybe they are corner, right? Inflation is, let's say, 35.2%, but even check food inflation. It's 44%. That is just the average. Even the recovery is not broad-based. Look at the regional differences. Look at food inflation in eastern region of Ghana. It's more than 65%. Look at food inflation in northeast of Ghana. It's more than 60%. Food inflation in Accra, where you and I are probably connecting this evening, is more than 40%. And food inflation, food alone takes almost 44% of the household expenditure. So if that segment is that high, it tells you how much it takes away from the household saving space. Mm. It's not the only thing. Look at transportation. So that is why this economy, the limited economic opportunities are available, even the average Ghanaian cannot take advantage. Because we are not saving. Yeah, I mean, stay, stay, stay with me, Prof. There's something you said, and the finance minister repeated. In fact, there's something that I said it first that you've repeated, and I need to put to the businesses with me very quickly. I want to start with Sechuma Kaba. The finance minister was clear that we've turned the corner, right? So let me ask you, you, you represent industry. You're the, you're, the, you're the president of the association. Has industry turned the corner? Well, well I, I think that you have to look at it from this angle. Uh, if you look at it from the position that we had last year, uh, where we had the CD to present new to the past, it's later on about 54% or so, and uh, oil prices are so high, and, and tobacco economic variables are all positive and negative. Then, what we have experienced this year, once we say it's an improvement over last year, and therefore, some stability has been achieved. But uh, that is just uh, a bit of an improvement. Turning the corner really, uh, for me, means gaining insignificant And I just resolve that it's pointing to a very positive direction where industries are growing and by a top I don't think that is. I think, I think at best, we probably have a situation the reason is how we consolidate the stability and then see some growth in the coming months and to the year. And therefore, then we turn the corner saying that we have a long way to go and make that definitive. There's a long way to go. So we are not to return the value. We see some improvement, but the improvement will take a while for us to know that we to be consolidated. I think that.
Okay, so, so your verdict on that is, as far as industry is concerned, you haven't turned the corner. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return that same question to the Chamber of Commerce and Industry and then to Guta. They live this on a daily basis. If the economy has turned the corner, they are in the best position to tell us. Will they agree with the finance minister? Stay with us after the break. About one-third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication. Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now. To avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the Commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. We're therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898-HASH on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 101-863-161-3233, Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 302 919260 or email info at ghanaids.gov.gh. Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission partnering to eliminate HIV and AIDS. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school Emergency. Mommy, chop money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top life we got. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. And thanks for staying with us. And as you may have noticed here on PMX tonight, we are measuring what the finance minister told us in the budget against the reality from the business point of view. Businesses, industry have been reacting in the last uh, hour. And just before the, great, uh, the break, there's one key thing the finance minister said that we were getting the business verdict on, which is the finance minister declared that we have turned the corner. And I want to bring in the... Uh, the head of the Chamber of Commerce and Industry, uh, Mark. Mark, 
The finance minister, when he last read the media budget, said that, you know, we're beginning to turn the corner. Today he says we've turned the corner. Have you turned the corner? Not at all. I think probably we have, we have seen the corner and we are making an attempt to turn that corner. Because you can't turn the corner when we have um, interest rates roughing around 40%. You have utility uh, prices changing just like that. Even the stability that he's talking about, it's okay. But the CD to the dollar is still very high. I mean, if you are doing business or converting your CD to dollar, then you can look at the, 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 the impact of that. I mean, you can't turn the corner with all these taxes on businesses. I mean, there's a statement in that uh, businesses are now employing... In fact, to, to quote the finance minister, we turned the corner when companies started going back to the job markets to hire workers. I would have expected that he give us some figures to that. I mean, this is a vague statement. From where I sit, I haven't seen anybody... Employed. You employ people? Yes. Are your members employing they people? They are not because they are not making profit. They are not expanding. You can only employ people when you expand, when you know that the major productivity of labor for whoever you are employing is, is bigger than your, the revenue they are providing. So if you are not making profit yourself, you are collapsing. How are you going to employ people? So I haven't seen that the, the corner being turned. We have seen some stability anyway, which we, we hope that uh, to be consolidated. But for us to say we've turned the corner, which for me, may bring some level of complacency in what we are doing. I think we should be, uh, be circumspect with some of this. So you haven't turned the corner. I mean, and some of the key indicators that he used to make the judgment, you say it doesn't reflect the reality. You're not employing more people. Not. He says the stability of the city is, is great, but he said that he's no, not. Yes, we have seen stability as compared to uh, the beginning of the year to now. But I'm still comparing the figures, the exact figures, if at, at, at the beginning of, I think, last, last year or mm. so, it was uh, um, uh, six CDs to uh, $1, and now it's, it's 12 CDs to $1, definitely. Mm. I, mean, I mean, you have reduced, if you have a capital which yeah. is in, in CDs, you have reduced it by 50%, and it's going to affect the, the rate at which or the, your ability to be able to expand, expand your business and also do your business. Okay. So the stability, yes, we have experienced that. But in terms of the figures, the actual, we still that is 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 still we feel it's still yeah. high. I mean, such remark about very quickly. Then I'll hear from uh, Dr. Joseph Obeng. The indicator the finance minister used, and I want to also test that with you. We turned the corner when companies started going back to the job markets to hire workers. Are are your members hiring? Hello, Mr. Chumakaba. Are your members hiring? Well, um, I, I, I wouldn't say so because the early part of the year when we visited a lot of the companies, uh, most of them were struggling to meet their turnover target. And therefore, one can say that they are really expanding to hire them. What I have said, I'm not aware that a lot of companies are uh, tracking this. So if you're able to maintain the numbers, that is where the stability uh, brings. Mm -hmm. If you have a bit of stability, you consolidate that, that is still growth. Really growth, I'm sure in the coming months, we probably will see it. But for now, we are not seeing that growth, and for sure we are having that in fact, uh, if you talk to most of the companies in that market, they are struggling. They are struggling. So okay. hiring, hiring, they know that. Okay. Okay. Dr. Joseph Obeng, what, what about the reality of Guta members? I mean, one of the things that you look at at Guta 
is the exchange rate. The finance minister today says we've turned the corner when the currency, which had been under severe pressure over the past two years, depreciated by a modest 6.4% cumulatively from February to date, compared to 53.9% over the same period in 2022. Does that reflect a reality? Have you turned the corner? If we have to compare to the last quarter of 2022, where businesses suffered the most, we're at the peak of our problem. Then we are enjoying some stability. Then what we have to say is that um, unless stability is entrenched, and then the stability that uh, the seeming stability that we are enjoying is able to pull along inflation and then the interest rate, then one can be convinced to be talking about um, seeing the, the uh, turning the corner. Because um, the inflation at 35% uh, or so is still much on the higher side. Then the interest rate that we pay, the policy rate still hovers around 30%. Of course, we have to work on that because if we have a, a, a stability, then we should be able to pull along inflation and then uh, the interest rate. For me, that's how I look at it. And that we have to be able um, to turn um, the corner uh, where we have been able to achieve this is where business and uh, stability is entrenched. And that's why I, I, I will uh, seek that the finance ministry do everything that uh, within its power to be able to get the second tranche of the IMF deal so that we will be able to entrench uh, this stability because we are also waiting for the Christmas sales and if uh, care is not taken and we manage the exchange rate. Um, normally, you know, perennial, the, this depreciation that we've been talking about, it comes around um, the um, end of, of November, December, December, and then January. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's where it triggers. Okay. So we have to manage it well rather than to be complacent and say that um, we are turning the corner. Okay. We, 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 we haven't turned the corner yet. You haven't yeah. turned the corner yet. And, and, and I have 30 seconds. I want to give that to Prof. Prof. So w- w- at what point would you say we've turned the corner? If you can bullet it for me. What? what-